Let's let's uh, start off with um, toasting oh, toast. Peruvian Independence Day. What is the official name of it? Uh, well, it's called 28 de Julio, 28th of July, which is the Independence Day. So. Okay, well, happy Independence. Have a, have a Peruvian Independence Day, everybody. Belated, but still good. Hello and welcome to the 551 podcast. My name is Wes Berdine and I am joined in our expensive studio. Very by expensive. Rodrigo very, Sanchez very expensive. It's just you and me tonight, man. Oh, that just means it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's Chilcano night. That's what we should yeah, call it. Yeah. Right? So, when me and you are just together, we should just refer to it as Chilcano night. There you uh, go. Uh, Eric and Alex are on trivia night duties Somewhere, or something yeah. like that. Um, and so, you know, it's it's going to be a, a wide-ranging Chilcano night. Um, you uh, listeners at home, whether it's 9 a.m., just get some Peruvian Pisco. But not uh, from Thomas Liquor, because they ran out Because you had the last weekend, one. Because yeah. I got the uh, last one. Lime, uh, so a little bit of simple syrup, mm-hmm. and a ginger A squirt of lime, and lots of, lots of Pisco and ginger ale. There we go. Uh, so there you go, everyone. Uh, or eventually you'll be able to get it at the bar that I'm going to own once that can finally happen. So um, my brain is fried. Chicanos two You've for been one. doing soccer, but we are going... No, not two for one. Jeez, your dad would just be there all day. You'd waiting, have lots of people two for one for that night. Waiting. Um, anyway, so both of our brains are fried, but we are going to talk soccer. We're going to talk about... Uh, we've got St. Nick watch. Uh, we've got Superman watch. We've got... Uh, we're the, just the, watching a lot the, of yeah stuff. the bloodbath in uh, Vancouver watch uh, the, and then, the, the, the we signed the wrong Peruvian watch too do we have that one that one too yeah yeah and then uh, and then we've got Twitter questions um, let's go ahead and just jump in with this part Saint Nick watch Nicholas Benedetti Rodrigo where is Saint Nick right now he is in Cali okay great cool Saint Nick watch thank is you over. thank you for tuning in to Saint Nick watch. Yep. Uh, and next, uh, th- this is actually a related story. Fernando Adi, uh, Portland uh, timber striker, uh, was just uh, sold, transferred to FC Cincinnati, who are still in USL but going to MLS next year. And um, uh, it was for eight hundred fifty thousand uh, gam tam, maybe a hundred more, depending on some add-ons. And that has a lot of people, you know, the extra time radio guys, et cetera, people talking about, well, what does that mean? You know, we know that, uh, that at least offers are coming in for Christian Ramirez and, uh, as they should, I I I don't, you know, Jeff Reuter had his tweet about how Minnesota are listening to talks. I don't know how to interpret that of, I think there's a, there's, there's, there has to be a difference between understanding and listening to offers to like considering offers to like yeah, yeah. it's so, a transfer season so yeah. Manny Lagos would be getting phone calls about half of his players so hopefully Ibsen but um I yeah uh, yeah pretty sure <laughs> that's pretty your sure boy that's yeah exactly um so <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of that but but then you know the ETR guys uh you know said you know well then how much is Christian Ramirez worth and they said about six hundred fifty thousand is what they estimated. You're just looking at the comparison, right? Fernando Adi's been around a little bit longer, has a, is a little bit more proven on MLS level. Um, uh, sure, I, I mean, I, that, that makes a bit of sense. But in that case, I, in no way would 
Minnesota United value him that low. The, we know that Mexican teams have come in and offered over a million dollars for him. Well, Ibarra was stretched so, a fee for like a million, so... Right, yeah. So th- there's just like... Th- there's no reason to move him within MLS. Um, certainly, uh, the question would be... would Well, we've got a question actually in, in the Twitter section about it, but um, I, I just... I don't see him going right now. I'm, I'm actually super flummoxed why they why these rumors are getting out and maybe they are not, maybe they're kind of out of the team's control. Um, but in no way do you want the only working striker that you have for your team, the only healthy, yeah, demoralized. And, uh, and you still have a season to play where you still think you're in the playoff race. And so why are you continuing to demoralize him? When you know you can, you, you don't have good leverage right now because a no teams have Tam and Gam right now. Everyone's like broke except for FC Cincinnati. So wait to the off season, see if you can get a deal done. When by then you'll know if maybe Rodrigo's is going to be good enough to replace him. It, it just makes no sense why this is happening. Right and now. I mean, it, not I don't know if Heath has anything to do with it, but at the same time, it's always been his mo to like, you know drag players through houses before he lets them but i but what doesn't make what's the going rate for a for mls striker that can score 10 goals per season i mean i mean you don't have too many you've got uh dominic baji um for kellen acosta uh you've got uh dom twyer um who you know is an, a very good uh, proven mls striker and he went for over a million uh david acosta is a more of a winger but he went for over a million uh yeah i, I I mean, I mean, you 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 the, want to hold on to those the, type of type of players. That's that's what I'm getting yeah, at. I mean, I think the thing is, we we don't we don't have a healthy it's, he- healthy it's, striker, and really. it's not a position of need. No, uh, and unless it got you, you know, maybe they were shopping Christian Ramirez for Dax uh, last month, um, and maybe that would have made sense if money came Minnesota's way as well, because um, Dax is older, Christian is 27. Um, so I, I don't know. Nothing about it is making sense. Like, why are we having this conversation? Even, you know, I was kind of not giving Jeff crap because he was writing about, uh, Christian, but the, it was obvious. We'll talk about the Vancouver game. The, uh, the problem was not Christian Ramirez. The problem is not the attacking part of this. No, team. it is not. Uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, I, I get frustrated too, just because, um, I, I get people get excited when we get new players and they think they might be able to work out a system, but I don't function, at least personally, I don't function on the what ifs. Like I haven't, I, I've seen Angelo play, uh, Rodriguez, I mean, Rodriguez play um, on the YouTube clips, but it's a whole different world when you get them into an MLS game and figuring that out. Now, who knows? He might be great. He may not, but until Rodriguez starts competing and, um, Extremely, you know, and Dunlady can play a full night. And Dunlady can play a full night. I mean, then you don't really have an option to get rid of your striker. And remember that Dunlady did play, did start the beginning of the season, and was not good, right? Like, uh, you know, I I don't know. It's very, very weird situation. Every time he goes down, any physical play, I always kind of cringe because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah afterwards but he seemed to be bounced okay this yeah. time so and, and and so the the last point on on Ramirez is just in order to the amount of resources you'll have to spend just to get a uh a level of striker that Christian is even if you don't rate him very highly um 
the amount of resources to get that level of striker is a lot, you know, and so I, I just don't, don't yeah, see Yeah, I mean, I, 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 think, I think at the same time, you know, you have to be able to play the market as well, too. So I understand if anything that's going on because of that, but... I mean, I don't like again. I don't function on what ifs. Have someone yeah. prove that they are worth their money, and, and then yeah. we can start having uh, more than listening sessions. So let's uh, let's take a break and come back, and we'll talk about Vancouver versus Minnesota. Big quarters. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Vancouver four, Minnesota two. It was uh, I. I realized last minute uh, that I couldn't get it on my computer machine, so I like raced over to a bar uh, to Sweeney's over in St. Paul, watched it in SD, and uh, ended up sitting. I was like, there's this other guy there watching it at a table kind of near me, and he was kind of leaning back talking to me, and eventually I was like. Why don't I just come sit next to you, man? Because <laughs> we were like both like talking about the game, and I was like, "I'm just gonna join you." It's next just time, the two just, of us. just text me. We so, were watching the game at my house. So. Sorry, I, you were. You yeah, did, you have spot, Fox Sports North. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I should have. But I met this guy Andy. Very nice. Uh, um, we had a great chat about all things soccer, and uh, I couldn't quite see the game very well. But um, you know, I went back and watched, rewatched most of it. So, um. Let, let's start off with you know the the basically the team was the same that it ended uh, the LAFC game. Eric Miller coming in and uh, probably the strongest lineup we have right now in that three five two right. Yes. Um, aside from the potential that Romario could come in, um, we looked terrible. We could not hold the ball. Um, looked completely overrun. Miller was slow. Um, yeah, yeah, and and just and so first half was not miserable. Both teams didn't look particularly good, but Jordi Reyna uh, gets the ball, goes past Schuler, goes past Warner, goes past Coleman, goes past Calvo, and Miller, and Miller. Yeah, Miller, Miller was had, a bit further away when no, but Miller down, hesitated. But. Miller hesitated to press on the ball. That hesitation gave him enough window to be able to get that shot off. Yeah, but Miller had another guy to his left. Calvo was the one who, who I, I think, well, all of those guys. The, it was the entire system. It's it, that one you can't even go this this guy, this guy. It was, it was just, everybody. But it was basically a reverse of what Quintero did to New England Revolution, right? right? Just go around everyone and then put it away. And but it was this was like almost more slow motion. It felt like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I, I don't know. It was, it was just disastrous, like classic Minnesota United defending. Um, and then we, so we go into the half, one nothing down, and um, second half come out, and same thing. There's no no difference. Um, and that counter attack killed us. Ugh. Yeah, and we were trying to play on the counter attack, and just would we lump it. We would yet. lump it, and then their big dudes would just kind of knock it down. And um, man, their their back line is just so humongous. Yes, did you see? Did you see how Quintero <laughs> kind of end up every time he tried to get? He was being manhandled and just pushed around. And as soon and, as I knew that there weren't any calls being called on that, I was like, "This is going to be a long night." Yeah, 
because when you stop the person that's you know feeding the ball to the creator, it's yeah. going to be a very long night. So, so um, but I had hope. The second half, then Ibsen trying to launch a counterattack, um, back heels uh, presumably to Warner, who uh, is not where he Ibsen thinks he is. Goes to a Vancouver player, and then Alfonso Davies. Um, gets the ball uh, and and then Boxall steps to him and Davies just does this basic like FIFA move. Yeah, square, circle, circle, triangle, and then he pretty much exactly. Yeah, up, up, down, down, left, right. Um, B A B A start. Yeah. Um, he just goes right around him and scores. Davies obviously this week uh, sealed that big twenty two million dollar move, thirteen or twenty two million dollar move to Bayern Munich, and uh, boy did we give him a. Uh, a send off. Did we ever? He he looked like a he looked like a Frank Ribery out there. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's just I don't know. He just dribbled through a defense like there was no defense whatsoever, and and not only once, but yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll get to the end times, one. Yeah. yeah. So then the 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 third goal. This one, um, uh, Matt Doyle had a tweet about where he points out that the the um. Boxall and Calvo have gone up uh, forward for a long throw, and Quintero's taking the throw, and he inexplicably just takes it short to Schuler, who then loses the ball, and then there's a break, and only Coleman's back, and Miller's trying to chase back, and then it's an easy goal for Kai Kamara. It was just who had just recently come on, yeah, so. and it was just ludicrous, and and th- this is one where they, you know a couple weeks ago where. Um, Heath was ripping the team after a win, and it was partially because they would. They, he talked about how they were trying to take. They set up all these set ru- piece routines. You're going to take them this way, and then suddenly a player would take it short rather than do what they had trained. Where was that Heath? Um, and so for this game, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's where this. It's like you obviously have those guys there, and that's Quintero on the ball on the fly making that choice. And making absolutely the wrong choice. You yeah. need to throw that in there. And then no fault. There was that no fault Coleman at all either because he was just. It was a two v one at that point. What do you do in a two v one besides throw your hands up when he was in anger because yeah. there was no one else coming back. And um, and and credit to you know Miller trying to hustle back, but he he's not built for speed. So no, and 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 you never. The thing is, you you can't put yourself in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a, a two-on-one, you know, someone's trying to make it a two-on-two uh, defending situation, then, you know, you just have to get lucky. Um, I, would, I would have been okay with Coleman getting a yellow or something at that point and just knocking somebody over. Or just, yeah. Or I, even maybe, uh, uh, or maybe even a red. Who knows? Yeah. yeah at, at that point, you have to make a decision. Do you, do, you, do you go for the ball? Do you go for the player? And try to figure out just to stop the momentum and that, and that, and that, and that transition of the game. Yeah. But... I mean, and, and those goals, you know, Jordan was was the one that was given the ball, and he was running down the hill, and he was just trying to feed everybody else that he could. Yeah. So uh, after that, we're three nothing down. Game is just dying, and um, Romario comes in. So finally, uh, and shoot, I forgot to look up the minutes of these. I think it was the seventieth minute or something. Finally, Adrian Heath makes a move. The entire midfield has been absolutely overrun. Uh, Warner, Schuler, and Ibsen all look just completely destroyed. Uh, I didn't see, and this partially was just watching the SD. 
um, feed from, you know, 10, 15 feet away in a bar. But I was like, where the hell is Miguel Ibarra? Yeah, I saw, I saw Miller too. because Miller was not having a good game, but I just didn't even see Miguel. Um, and so, you know, just like the only people I saw were the three center backs because they were always put under pressure. Um, so this team was crying out for something. Make a change. Like, that, that could have happened at halftime because you knew that this was plan was not working. Uh, could have happened after the second goal because you knew this plan was not working. Could have happened after the third goal, and, and it did. And what's the change? Putting on a different striker. Oh, my God. Especially a striker who is made to play on the break and play off of shoulders, right? To break right. into space. Vancouver are at this point bunkering, oh. right? I mean, it, it just like doesn't make sense to me. And then Romario comes in, so we get to see Romario. And, you know, obviously that pays off because was he on the second goal? Of the first? Oh, yeah, the second goal. First goal is just a corner. 82nd minute, Quintero takes a corner, Ibsen heads it in. And that was, that was basically, I feel like, just a big middle finger to everyone in the world, right? Minnesota scores on a set piece, and it's Ibsen. Oh, on yeah. A, on a, on a, on a uh, skimmer yeah. header. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I, I mean, mean, that's just, that, that is just a, a that's, big, that's, like, that's a, how, cosmic what, F you. How was, your, how was yeah. your Twitter feed after that? Yeah, I, yeah I, was, I was not even on Twitter much during that, but I, I definitely but at, got at the same time, you, you, we do have to keep account, um, and, and I might be wrong, someone correct me, but I think so far this season, there's been three goals that Ibsen has been associated by playing, giving a bad pass or doing something like that. And he scored what now? Four or five goals now? Uh, three or four. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it would have been nice. I mean, at this point, we're looking four-two, horrible game, three-two, horrible game. But we were close enough. Yeah. Right? So. So, but the, but the second goal we get back comes from Romario to Quintero. Romario still runs in the box. Quintero lays it off for him. And then he puts it in, uh, crosses, and Dunlady, Fox in the box, just taps it in. Uh, it was a, that was a great goal. It was the only time we really saw the offense clicking. And yeah, so, and I, I think if that's the way Romario is going to be used, I think I, I, I would be okay with, with more playing time, specifically because he seems to be playing off Quintero and, and playing nicely off Quintero. But... Um, I mean, the question then becomes: in who do you, who do you, who who do you, who loses minutes at that point? As the left wing back, I mean, listen, you in, in no You're matter saying what, Romario for Alexi then, yeah, or for Miller, or for in, Miller in this okay. case, um, yeah. I mean, absolutely. At, at this point, then you have an attack that is Miguel Quintero and uh, and Romario, all speedy guys, all great with their feet, and they're playing. And surpassing, right? Ramirez is then acting as a pivot where he's able to lay off the ball, control right. the ball, or go, or and interact wide. with, right. or go wide, right? And interact with. And he's not, we always talk about, he's not a fast player, but he's great with his feet and he's great at finishing, right? Those, he doesn't need to be fast then because he's got these other guys who go beyond him. And all of them have enough good br- f- brains and good feet that they can play with that. Right now, those that four is as good as we would want it, in my opinion. And so now the question is, 
how do you set up the rest of the team to make that team, the rest of that, that attack succeed? Is it still the three, five, two? Is it going back to the four, two, three, one? Um, regardless, we don't have the defensive linchpin pieces that we need. Um, all right, so who who's in your midfield? And who you right now? We have Ibsen Schuler. Do you do you bring in Ibsen? Can't Ibsen cannot start anymore. So then, who do you put in Ibsen's place? If you're doing the three five two, yeah, because as you know, that's what's going to be happening. I don't perceive him changing formation at that point. The only thing that works for me, or I thought about it, is you bring in Owensburg and push Cabo up to try it out as a defensive. Yeah, if you're doing that, I'd rather do the four two three one. But yes, yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Calvo because look, you have to play, you have to cover your weaknesses, play to whatever strengths that you can, and find a way to balance that. Uh, I would you be open for? A- I don't think Colin Martin can start right now. He he also I, I he just has not shown enough this year. I want him to be so good, but would you be open to like a Romario for mm-hmm. Ibsen in the mid in a three five two? I don't know. I, I mean, that's I don't know the, the player well enough to. I could speculate, but I I suspect that that is not his skill set. Um, There's a lot of players in this team playing out of their skill yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's very true. So I I I honestly don't know. Um, but look, we have Seattle this weekend. Seattle are on a run. Seattle, if they beat us, go above us, and that puts us. You know, there's the two turd dwellers. Uh, uh, Colorado and San Jose. We're not going to be as bad as them this year, but we're going to be at the bottom of the real teams that have like competence. Um, and so some days we won there, though, right? And so, but I think we have a good chance of winning here. I, I just I don't know. I, I know we were all on like a high after the LAFC game, and even while we were trying to last week on the podcast, you know, ground it in something. Uh, the the fact is. We're still only three points better than we were fixture to fixture last year, and LAFC are new, right? So we got to win against them. Um, we are, we are like this podcast is the same as it was four months ago. We know exactly what the problems are. We know exactly what the quality is, except for you know Quintero is new. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm like. Uh, I'm a little bit like. I feel like we're just treading water here, and um, I, I, I honestly, like I, like my my first assessment of watching the game was like, we played, we played enough to com- to somewhat compete. So like I feel that we need that you know, but in this in this in this league you don't get um, participation trophies, right? You need to be able to to play to to get a result and and um i mean i we've been saying it at least at least i know i've been saying it, you've been saying it, is i just i just think it, this is not ibsen's year even though he's scoring it's, it's not his year he's not functioning well how uh, how many the goals that have come out of his play um have have been more than what i what i like what i like to see ever and so i think Something needs to happen there. I don't know what. I don't think we have the options well, for it right and, now. And this is, this is the thing. We always talk about this: how this team needs a six. No, it needs a complete revamp in midfield. I think Colin Warner has been very good. Very serviceable, uh, yes. I think... Uh, After a very Russell long Schuller absence. has been so. very good. Uh, but they're both... I would still want improvements on them. 
You know, um, I would like for Colin Warner and Rasmus Schuller to be the third and fourth uh, central midfielder in this team. Ibsen needs to be replaced ASAP, and there needs to be a uh, a, a tackling player brought in. Um, and may, maybe you could do it with one fell swoop and just have a a a, 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 a Michael Bradley t- style player. We're not going to get Michael Bradley, but that style player who can uh, marshal the ball and marshal the midfield, who's a mid- leader, and Schuler could work with that. But um, but what are our options you know, in the midfield right Ma- now? Maximiano, Maxi, yeah. yeah, Maximiano needs to get a start. Yeah, just put them him and Warner in, and right? You have Schuler and Maxi. Yeah, I mean, you got to try something. Yeah. Schuler, Maxi, and, and Warner, and you have a lot of similar skill sets. But I think Maxi, I suspect he is better passing on the ball um, than Schuler and Warner, and so he might be uh, a, a version of of the Ibsen that is less has less of the upside. I think that's being a little bit too positive, but well, I, I say that because Heath put him in as the really attacking midfielder in that. Uh, Saprisa friendly that I didn't watch, um, but but that was Saprisa. That yeah, was a yeah. friendly. I mean, so that, I mean that, that doesn't count for but me. But no, that, that I su- that's why I suspect that because maybe he's showing something in training that allows him to think. Okay, that, I'll, uh, I'll give you that. But I, I still don't. I still don't think if, if Maxi goes in, he goes go, he goes in to create offense. I don't think that's just his his way. I think his his, his gameplay and, and we've seen it is, is is to be able to slow down the transition play. Right, and that sure. works for me. I mean, if you can slow it down and then distribute the ball to someone who can then get it back up there, that's that that that's fine with me. But sure. I, I think I think we need to figure out a way. Um, if this might be an opportunity for 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 Holmesberg to to get some playing time in the defense, and then and then push Cavo up somewhere where sure. he might be able to do create. And if that doesn't work, then you can you can switch it back. But sure. I think it's we're at a point where we need to be able to figure out to understand that we. We need to make changes in that midfield because right Look, now that's not. That's if not if we anything. lose to Seattle, then this team needs to spend the rest of the year trying things, and I don't mean just like throwing all the kids on or something like that, but like you know making one or two changes a game and seeing what it can do. Like they did, they tried the three five two and it it it, it worked. worked for, but it worked. we've gotten the two times we've been on the road with it, we've gotten spanked. So um, let's I, take oh. I was just gonna say, if we lose to Seattle, it's it it could be it it could be the proven factor as well too. Oh, Rui Diaz, Rui Diaz, do 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 do. He scored Diaz. on his birthday for Seattle on his first start. Yeah, and Jordy Reyna scored against Minnesota on Peruvian Independence Day. Yeah, and if you were following Miguel Ibarra's. Yeah, the, the Instagram. The yeah, Instagram, they went out partying. He, like you, they were. He took him out partying with Alexi Gomez, and I thought, like, I did like a face ball. I was like, "Great, Alexi." I don't want to hear what happened after that. So, yeah, yeah you know what? Good so, for all right, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we've got Twitter questions. Back on the fifty five one podcast, uh, it's Twitter question time. Twitter, Twitter, and, Twitter. Uh, Brian Hanf kicks us off with uh, Saturday. Did we really see anything different than we've seen in months? We had three games at home. Two were nail biter wins. We should have won this. Uh, why did what didn't we? Why didn't we? What was wrong? Um, I, I think I'm not sure if we should have won this, but 
At least reg- be more competitive. Regardless, yeah. um, what we saw in the Vancouver game was kind of just the slight uh, bizarre world of the Toronto RSL games, right? Where um, uh, way too many goals are scored. Uh, scored. You have moments of magic, bad defending. Uh, you know, just the difference here was that they we came back rather than them coming back. Um, and their Peruvian was better than our Peruvian. Yeah, yes, yeah, right. All, all about that. Uh, I, I mean, th- yes, the, the fact is, no, we haven't changed. I mean, I don't want to re- reiterate just w- what we just went through, but... Yes, but you don't want to replay the whole podcast. So. We know we know the problem. So, uh, Sean Goman says, uh, Saturday's result was predictable considering neither side wants the ball for long stretches and home sides generally dictate play in those scenarios. Uh, they can't break down opponent opponents in the three five two or seemingly in any formation. So, what's a viable plan B when they can't rely on the counter? I'll put that to you. Because oh wow, well, um, I don't know. I mean, if if I don't know, I mean, the personnel is what we have. I have an issue with is like we don't have anyone to swap in into that to that midfield to be able to to do that. We've we've mentioned. Playing with Maxi pulling up Cabo, playing Olmsberg in in a, in a three three defender back. I think you just what you need to do is just to you need to reinforce that midfield to be able to stop transition, and you also need to make sure that attacking players are understanding what 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 plays you are doing uh, when 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 your defenders are going up up to the box or in the area. You can't just you you can't you you can't just give them a free pass because they are now. Uh, an MLS All Star, you know. I think you need to be able to hold them accountable too. That they they are not they are not making the right plays because there was a lot of that that was happening. They were not people were just not making right plays, and 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 the better transition team won that. Well, and you can't give up that many counters to a team that is literally built for that solely. That's all they do. They boot it, and um, yeah, it, it just it seems kind of bizarre that. I don't know. That wasn't it, it was a such, a, such a wildly different game from the Vancouver home game too. I mean, there, there were moments we were holding, but I just they they have every time they had the opportunity to score, like they were dribbling in our defense and just Alfonso Davis was just tearing everything apart. I mean, two goals, two assists. What do, what do you what do you, what can you do besides that? Besides just sticking, make sure that you have one midfielder sticking to that sticking to that person at all times, just yeah. to, just to be able to apply pressure, but. That didn't. I don't know if that would even work at all. So, um, or have two goalies, right? Either one. Yeah. So, um, uh, I got this email from uh, JD Trafford, and he says, "If Minnesota United players were cast in a live-action version of Winnie the Pooh, comments, alternatives." He, he's proposing uh, equivalents here. I don't know if JD Trafford actually works for the company producing the Winnie the Pooh movie, but uh, if they want to offer us money to, to do this segment, uh, that's fine. So he says, uh, Winnie the Pooh is Heath, Christopher Robin is Colin Martin, Eeyore is Ramirez, Tigger is Quintero, that one very much fits, uh, Piglet is Coleman. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that one fits. I don't think that fits. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Uh, uh, Owl is Calvo, also I don't think that fits. I think, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think Rabbit is Calvo. Okay, Rabbit is uh, Boxall, he says. Kanga is Ibsen, and Rue is Miguel Ibarra. That one also can <laughs> fit. I have a couple others because then I was like, all right, I want to I want to think of my own alternatives here. So I, I went to the uh, Chris, Winnie the Pooh. Wait, Wiki- you, you researched this? Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I Googled. I, I applaud you. 
Thank you. I googled Winnie the Pooh characters because I wanted to see if there were characters I was not thinking of. Heffalump. So, so, so I've got this one for Awundi, Alexander Beetle. And let me read the, the Wikipedia entry for Alexander Beetle. Alexander be Beetle is briefly mentioned on page 119 of Winnie the Pooh, and he appears to have become upset and, <laughs> and, and hidden himself in a crack for two days, <laughs> then went to live with his aunt. <laughs> I think that that is the best explanation of where Awundi has been this whole time. <laughs> uh, so, and then uh, Nicholas Benedetti is Uncle Robert, Al's uncle, who... <laughs> Whose portrait hangs on Al's wall. He is mentioned in the eighth chapter of House on Pooh, House at Pooh Corner, but never actually appears. His portrait appears in Winnie the Pooh and a day for Eeyore when Al says Uncle Robert celebrated his 103rd birthday, despite claiming to be 97. Uh, Return to Hundred Acre Wood reveals that Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Robert is dead, but Al keeps his ashes in a vase and attempts okay, to write Lord. his biography. So those are the two editions uh, I have here. Wow. What about Heffalump? I don't know. Who who would be the Heffalumps in this? Uh, Heffalump. Sporting Heffalump. Kansas City, basically. Yeah, maybe. But Heffalump has to be... See, the Heffalump is... is it's like a... It's just a fictional beast that is going to kill everyone, right? Well, it's not fictional. It actually exists if you watch the movie, but... He becomes really good friends with Rue. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not really up on my Winnie the Pooh canon. Hey, hey. I, 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 it's okay. <laughs> when your children get to that, I'll let yeah. you borrow the half okay. a lamp movie. Great. Okay. Um, so, uh, Temple of Loon says, I want some... Oh, oh. so this is the 99th episode, by the way. Okay. And he says, I want some guest celebrities for that 100th episode. Who this is the 99th? Okay, guest yeah. celebrities. All right. Okay. Yeah. Who or what should we give up to get that number six? And what should we sacrifice and to whom so that Ibsen is not allowed to do fancy moves in or in front of the box? We've talked about this a little bit before. Like, what does Minnesota have actually have to offer? And it's Christian Ramirez, Miguel Ibarra, and Francisco Calvo. And then, you know, some players, some teams might be interested in some bit parts or something, you know, uh, like, like uh, Coleman, uh, because he's not making that much money, is a good trade bait. You know, but the, you can't get much. You know, if you bundle Coleman and and something, you're not going to get Kellen Acosta. Yeah, it's right? not two for one Chicano night. So no, yeah, it's not. Can't, can't um, and so I d- I just don't think we have much to offer right now. And so why there's no need to make a change right now unless we think it will be fundamentally shifting, right? And I'm not even sure if Kellen Acosta, if that per- pursuit would have been fundamentally shifting. I think Kellen Acosta, a young uh, American number eight, probably could have been really good. Um, but I-, I just don't, I don't think this, look, we're going to be fine this season. We're not going to be great. Uh, but the problem is not really the squad. We know we have a couple pieces we need to fill, we needed to fill them last off season. Now we really need to fill them this off season. It's more obvious now, yeah. And I, I think you know, I, I think, look, if uh, I don't know, we need better coaching. Wait, um, who's who's gonna be the the guest celebrity for the one hundred episode? I didn't even know we were ninety nine. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Jay Z. Jay Z. Jay Z is gonna be here. Yeah. 
So, uh, Robert the Red, why is Ramirez the worst player ever to wear a Minnesota United shirt? And what else can we say that will keep him scoring and being generally awesome on the pitch? That you hate arepas. Yeah. There we go. Next question. Shameful. Uh, Nate Eklund says, every, every so often the fire Heath wave acts up. Is he worthy of legitimate disdain and rancor? He says, I vote yes. Twitter poll says... Is he... Is he? I, I, I mean, I think he's... Has he earned enough to... We, we, we went over this last time, right? Has he earned enough to be able to continue playing, being, being, being the, the, the coach next year? I think... I think this is the stretch that determines what what really happens, right? I mean, we have a seven game stretch. We already lost one, so um, we got to be able to at least play par to be able to say somewhat in that race. And yeah, if, and if and if it goes tank all the way, we lose all seven. I think I know that there's I think the fire heat. There's pulls certainly up. one uh, media person out there who's drinking buddies with Adrian Heath who thinks that Adrian Heath should be coach of the year. Um, in which league? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, look, I, I think it's really easy to direct your ire toward Heath uh, because, right, the key, the coach is the first person you point to in, in failures, right? Whether that's fair or not, I, I don't know. I, I look at a game like Vancouver, and like we said, there were no changes, right? Yeah. Like there's no, and, and you've seen, we've talked about in previous episodes, you've seen other teams, uh, um, RSL, Sporting Kansas City, a couple other teams that come to us, they're being stymied, they make a change, and they change the game. When is the last time we saw Heath make a change that really just turned the game? I can, can you think of any? Um, I can think of one that people will will give Heath credit for, and that's subbing Alexi Gomez for for Miller. Hmm. Because even though well, no, Gomez was sorry, there. Gomez for yeah, other way around. Gomez, Gomez was, was injured, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Miller came in, and um, that's that's a lot of people were like, "Wow, that was a great no, tactical that, move." That was, yeah. um, yeah, I heard that. I, I, I heard think, that at different places. You know, as well, he did switch to the three five two, right? So you you sometimes have like. Gen, like long term shifts that happen that have been successful, but I I just yeah, no, I can't the, think the, of an. I, but then, the do game. we have the personnel to do that? Do we have a do we have a game changer on the bench? That's I mean, it. technically, yeah. if you if 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 you if you look at it, judging from from last game, uh, Romario might be in that conversation because he created created an sure. opportunity. And if had and had we gotten a result out of that, yeah. I would, I would be, we would be having this different kind of conversation. Right. For example, if Quintero would have played it long and Ibsen wouldn't backheel it to another Vancouver player, we'd be, we'd be talking a whole different. And and, and some of those things, right? Or that's not Heath's fault, right? No, those are players' accountabilities, which we've talked about. The players need to be held accountable, and if 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 management and coaches are 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 going to praise people, then they also need to praise those people who are untouchable. But the the moral of the story is, Minnesota United have a new stadium. A very exciting market and uh, fan base. They should be able to go to Greg Berhalter and say, "You want to get out of Columbus? We will pay you. Let's get out. Let's get you out of Columbus." Greg Berhalter would like pay us to do that at this point. Um, and absolutely, that should be what we're doing. So I, I know that I've tried many times to avoid being on the the Heath out uh, committee, um, but. Yeah, 
we we need to be thinking about next year, and we're not doing that right now. And Greg Berhalter absolutely should be the head coach. But okay, this uh, next one you can take. Matt Pravatsky says, "What are your top five preferred locations for the future USL affiliated ranked?" Like in a uh, basically. Madison, I don't think will is any longer in the picture. That's just my summation. I'm not. That's not insider knowledge. Um, it was at one point the the number one choice to to get a USL team and have that be the affiliate. The team would train here and then travel to Madison on the weekends. The important thing is right now we have to bring in Minnesota United has to bring in college students a lot of times or just like they have a lot of trialists and all these things come in to fill numbers we need a USL team here so that we have we have numbers we can bring people in from the reserve squad to train with the the first team etc and then they need to be playing competitive real games so think of anywhere within 3 hours and that should be all of those should be the number one place. Uh, Duluth, Rochester, Eau Claire. Uh, Des Moines is more than three hours, but go for it anyway. What about Canada? Uh, Canada's way further than three <laughs> hours. Uh, Sioux Falls, I don't care. I mean, do do it. You don't need it to make money, right? Um, you can have it be a bare bones thing in terms of game day operations. Uh, it'll lose a little bit, but... It adds so much to your team. So I, I don't know if I'd rank. I'd say probably uh, probably Rochester, um, but I, I don't care. Put it in Winona. I, like, it, honestly, it doesn't matter uh, as long as the team oh, can train about. here and go. Yeah. Um, last question. Uh, uh, Andy Campbell says, hypothetical trade that may have been on the table. I think it, I, I think it actually was on the table. I, don't, I, have, I have a trade. I don't know much about it, but... This is Ramirez for Acosta. Do you know much about Kellen Acosta? Have you watched him much? No, I don't you don't know. have to pretend. Okay, um, I don't pretend. When do I pretend on this on this podcast? You know, you you. I'm real. <laughs> um, You're serenading yeah. me. Wow, must uh, be must be the Chilcano yeah, talking yeah, yeah. now. Uh, I know. I I don't. I honestly don't know. I'm I'm very much attached to Christian uh, Ramirez because. Um, because he's the number one goal scorer in Minnesota history. You know, he, he's also scored great goals. Uh, I, I think that he also could go to several teams in this league and be golden boot winner. Um, he was I, close I, last year. I think it's dumb to get rid of him. And so what would it take me to get to trade that? Callan Acosta is very good. I don't know. But... I could be. I, I, I could again, be, how many how many double digit score scores? You know, what what is the going rate for something like that? Yeah. They're valuable, right? Yes. I, I think. I think. I. I. I think. I. I would like to do a Peruvian, a Peruvian, uh, switch. I'll take Jordi. They can take Alexi, and I'll even throw Ibsen in there. But we don't need Jordi. We've got Quintero. We need midfielders. <laughs> yeah, but Jordi doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't really fill that. Sp- I mean, this is this is my dreamland situation. Yeah. Let me live through it. Sure. Okay. And if that's the case, let's take Rui Diaz as well. All right. Okay. Sure. All right. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being on the uh, listening and everything. We'll be back uh, next week. I don't know what the hundredth episode will be like, but yes. um, I, I, give, I was give us suggestions to, of, of guests. Well, I, was, I was hoping to do a live show at the bar, 
but I the the bar clo- the it won't be but my bar yet until middle of August. So eventually we'll do a live show in the fall. Um, but uh, honestly, I I can't put too much energy into the hundredth episode. So are, are you going to the Seattle game? I will be. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a special night. They're yeah. announcing the uh, the new academy team member. So. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Well, so. great. Thanks for breaking that news. Uh, so anyway, people, I will see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.